0: Hi, my name is Titsi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of enterprising families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen, and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. everybody and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and in this episode I have Trevor Dickinson who is from South Africa, he is a, a fellow African so I'm very pleased to have him on here with me. And today we're gonna be speaking about succession planning and conflict resolution within a family business. And Trevor has vast experience from both sides of, of the table. He's a family business advisor and he's also headed a family business himself. So very excited to hear from him and get his insight from both sides of the table. Welcome Trevor.
1: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I really look forward to the conversation.
0: So um, can you tell us a little bit about, about yourself before we jump into our topic of the day?
1: Okay. Um, I'm now um, be, been working in our family business for 30 years. I'm currently CEO, but transitioning into the role as chairman. I have a, a non-family managing director that's leading up our, our business. The family businesses is, is a four, four generation family owned company that was established in 1910. By my great-grandfather who immigrated from the United Kingdom to South Africa um, to, by way of background about myself I did a, studied um, in ESC building management which was in line with I guess the expectations of my father I, I don't I, I think to some extent in not only family businesses we, we possibly pursue careers which are expected of us and you know, I, there's been a lot of learning from my side trying to determine what what is the right approach. But then, after having completed my studies, I spent some time working abroad in Europe, and we also had a partnership with a German company. And I, but I then returned back to South Africa in 1990 when I when I joined the the family business. Um At that point in time, it was my, my father was heading up the business with. Um, a large team of non-family management there was no, no other family members involved in, in in the business it's actually just been one side of the family that has, has retained the ownership of the business over four generations so it, 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 it although it's uh, been in existence for four generations it's been the oldest sibling that that in each of the successive generations that kept kept the business but that just gives you an then I also um, did an MBA, which I completed 20 years ago. And my MBA that I did was, well, my research report was on, on uh, succession planning in family businesses. I was particularly interested to understand what are some of the, the, the critical issues of, of enabling family businesses to be successful from one generation to another.
0: Well. Wow. And I'm just thinking, like I said before, you've had a viewpoint from both sides of the table, from being a family business advisor, as well as from actually being in a family business and heading up a family business. And having a family business that had four generations in Africa, that's a a, a wow. So congratulations to your family for being able to maintain it for four generations. How did it feel for you coming back into the family business after having been away and um, knowing that the likelihood of succession was going to fall on your shoulders?
1: You know, I I would say. You know, it's I, we are. I'm proud of the fact that our family's business, our family business has has remained. And has and survived as a, fa- a family business for four generations. It hasn't been without its difficulty. One, one of the aspects of why I had such a great interest in in, in understanding the nuances of of family businesses because our, our business battled to transfer successfully as a succession planning strategy from one generation to another. It, it didn't go take place without a great deal of difficulty, I would say. So the, the transitioning um, from one generation to another wasn't particular. I don't think it was as successful as I think it could have been. Mm-hmm. And when I, when, when I was working abroad, um, I remember at the end of my, I I, I bought a, a one-way, well, actually it was a return air ticket. At that stage, we used to buy, be able to buy a return air ticket was valid for 12 months and you could come back with any with any time within those 12 months and my my ticket um the time had lapsed and i was i was i was working in london and at the time i was earning a good income and i said to my father you know dad, dad i'm going to go across to the united states now I, I was self-sufficient making my own money and my dad said I think it's time you come back to the business. You know, you've been, you've been spending time abroad um, and it's now time you return back to South Africa. In some ways I had a bit, there was a bit of, it, it was a reluctance, but you know, when, when your, your parent has asked you something, it, it's, it's very difficult to just say, well, you know, I, I think I, it's, I have an obligation. So I, I came back to South Africa and our, our business is located in an industrial town. It's in Fienningen. It's it's really a, it's a smokestack town. It's actually not a not a not a very pretty town. And it was it was quite challenging, you know, coming back and then going into the business and saying, well, what am I doing here? You know, have I made a, Have I made the right choice? Over a period of time, I, I, I became more and more um, inspired to want to transition the business and say, well, look, let's keep this business successful into, to a four-generation. At that stage, my dad was the, the third-generation leader, and I was the aspiring fourth-generation leader. But it, but it, it was, I, I guess, at, um, a continued turmoil in my mind as to what, what, whether I was making the right decision. To, to come back and join our our, our business mm.
0: i heard you mentioning that um the transition process across all the four generation you 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 find that it was a bit difficult what are the issues do you think you primarily had to deal with
1: well the, the issues when when i um, when i came i joined the business and as as i the 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 aspect that made me feel particularly proud was being able to articulate the history of our family. So in, in, and I spent, I enjoyed marketing and I spent quite a bit of time d- developing our businesses, marketing strategy. But one of the aspects that to me was that, um, was, was, was inherently, a, 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 a great depth of historical value in our bus- our family history, and that, that to me, gave me a great sense of purpose and a sense of legacy. So I, I had this, 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 this vision of saying, well, my great grandfather had arrived in South Africa with very little money, and he was an entrepreneur, and um, he, he, he was a carpenter. So he was, he was, he arrived in South Africa as a carpenter, and he and he had no idea where, where, how he was going to make his first, first um, form of income. And that for me was a great a real a great inspiration. I would I would say the 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 important aspect that I found would it be was the 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 importance of having a sense of legacy and somewhere along the line as I was joined as I was working with my father, I started finding it a bit more difficult because he then started articulating that it was his business. You know, it wasn't a case of that he he ha- he had in fact actually taken over the business from his father. But the business was had almost gone bankrupt when my father took it over. So, mm-hmm. in, in it, although he was the third generation, my father had to rebuild the business up from scratch. Mm-hmm. And I guess I can understand why he felt it was his, entirely his company. He didn't he, he didn't feel as though he would inherited any a business. He would actually had to through his own sweat and effort rebuild the business. I kept on articulating to my my father, you know. The, the object, the outlook with respect to stewardship. And I think we, there was, there was a bit of a disconnect. I think my dad, my father and, and I didn't have the same necessarily the ideology about stewardship. I think my, my, my father, over a period of time, started adopting the view it's his company and if I would like the business, I must, you know, I must either acquire the business which, was a bit of a, which, was, which I would say was a, was a bit of a, a dichotomy for me. I was, try, I was pulled in on two sides and saying, well, surely if you're going to enable a business to go from one generation to another, you, you, you should try and do it in such a way that it's unencumbered and enable the next generation to my generation and then probably my, my children to join the business with, with, with a real sense of stewardship and, and that, that was where I think that we, we had a bit of a disconnect. Mm-hmm. So that, carry on.
0: No, I'm just thinking, um, when you're looking now at um, some of the families that you've had to work with that are going through the succession um, planning or even the outlook of succession, do you find any similarities in experience or do you find that there's there's been a change or there needs to be a change in the way that um, that succession transfer happens or the business continuity? Because from what you're telling me, even when you look at the term stewardship and the mind frame you had towards stewardship, it's continuity, it's um, passing on the mantle, and not particularly looking at the the failings per se, because I understand where your dad was coming from. He was he was looking at I've built, I've had to rebuild this, but also you embraced the fact that this business was started by my great grandfather who came and he set this up. So to a certain extent, it gave you that pride, that sense of family, that sense of belonging, that sense of uh, I would like to have that continuity going on. Do, yeah. How do you see it now with the families uh, that are transitioning? Is it is there a case of we understand what stewardship is or continuity is, or is there still that that disconnect and that tussle between two generations?
1: You well, know, my my. Um with i'm now transitioning into a role where i'd be focusing on consulting to family businesses my my view is that it's it's vitally important that the the different generations in the business but particularly the the person that's in the the generation that's in the leadership role is able to to articulate their their vision and let that vision trans uh, be um transposed to the next generation but be, but to be to be fairly clear as to what that vision is and to, and much like we we described a vision for a business and we say well this is where the business is going to be going and we we, we have a, a particular objective for a, for, for the for a, a company i think it's to me it's vitally important that a family-owned business has an underlying vision and set of values as to what and 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 if if the owner of the business or the person that's that's the CEO of the business says, you know, I have the desire to have this business being perpetuated or being a legacy business or a legacy for the next generation, to to ensure that they they're, they abide by what they's what they what they intend, you know, because otherwise it's going to be well. Do, do they indeed have the intention of, of maintaining a legacy? Do they really have the intention of of of, of stewardship? Mm. And having and having the understanding of what it what it requires. If you if you have that approach and you say, I'm 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 only on this earth for a certain amount of time, but I'm able to do something that enables the next generation to take what I've done and take it to the next level, you you you, you probably start realizing that it's it's really up to up to the individual that's in the role of CEO to start developing the next generation because the sooner they, they, are, they are they are ready for that they can p- progressively start relinquishing control or link relinquishing and saying well it's over to you my son or my daughter you know that's for, for you to now start taking over the responsibility but not to give the responsibility and then keep on taking it back or keep on um you know cross-checking It's 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 a case of trust you know the both Parties of you know both individuals have to develop trust, but I think that vision is so important. I think if the, if, the, if the owner of a business says you know I'd like this business to perpetuate beyond my life, that is so critical. But how do you do that? What do you do if you if you if you would like that that to go into the next generation? You have you have to start doing something to to enable yourself to keep it to leave a legacy.
0: Mm. I'm just thinking um, one of the common things that we've seen, particularly on the continent, is we've seen a lot of great brands that have grown up and uh, become brands we've we've grown up with and recognized and loved the goods and the products. But at some point in time, you find some of these brands don't then pass on. And obviously, a lot of these brands are family owned because predominantly all businesses are family owned and we know some of the founders of the business you know this family that started that bookshop or that coffee shop or even if you look at the great brands that we have um, in South Africa you have Pick and Pay and Ackermans you you know the heritage you know the family you might not know them personally but you have some feeling of attachment to the brand what do you feel is the stumbling block that we are getting on the continent when it comes to having more and more of these brands becoming uh, multi-generational as well as taking that giant first step off the continent, because we've seen a lot of family owned businesses come onto the continent and grow from their countries, their continents uh, onto our continent. What is really stopping our brands from becoming multi-generational and then aspirational enough to take that leap from our continent to another continent?
1: I mean, I, I, I think the, the, the challenge, it's not, Specifically, you know, limited to the African continent. I I think when when you're dealing with different gener- when there's different generations in a in a business, and working together, there, there's also a different outlook on what what is the way of, of 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 doing. I mean, I've got two sons, age 21 and 18. I have a conversation with them about a, a particular subject. We've got completely different. Outlook with respect to you know my, my, they'll say Dad you're old in terms of your ideology, but 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 I think it's important to be able to to um, harness that 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 uh, enthusiasm from both from from different generations. So it's it's a case of you know and being open-minded. So you know if if, if we I read I think it was an article um that I think you, you was on your on your website regarding, you know, people that African companies or family-owned businesses that would, would would be very encouraged to to enable their children to be well educated and go, and study abroad. They would return back to to Africa, back to whichever country it is, and would come back with some great ideas and say, "Well, you know, this is what they've learned." And I had the same thing. I came back from having done my MBA. Mm-hmm. And said, Dad, I've got some, you know, exciting ideas that I would like to explore with you, mm-hmm. and the, the comments were, well, that, it, it, it's not broken, so let's, you know, you know let, let's not touch it. You know, what works works, and and le- and, le- and leave it be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I think it's it, the, the, the a business's ability to be sustainable is very dependent mm-hmm. on how open minded the leadership of So the the leaders. Have to be able to encourage some form of, whether it be democracy or some methodology of enabling the thought process, because the IP of a family business is not just the owner of the business; it's, it's his future generation are the, are, are the ones that are going to bring, are going to be the ones that are going to, to perpetuate that business to the next gener into, into the next generation if they adopt the right approach. Hmm. Does it do, do, am I making it sense? I'm, yes, I'm, I'm trying to that. say that, you know it's not, it's not a Limited to, to to Africa, I think mm-hmm. it's just, and I think it, both generations must be respectful of each other. Mm. I I know. Um, there's there is re- reluctance, and you know, I, I distinctly remember coming back from having completed my MBA and having learned a great deal, and my, my my I, I suppose I should I was maybe too gung ho. I should have actually just maybe adopted a bit more of a. Um, a, a smoother approach with i mean i think entrepreneurs are all quite strong-headed people mm-hmm. but 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 it t- takes emotional intelligence from both parties to to be able to understand that, you know that you would like to to get the the most out of both and, and get the, the, the ip that your your, your, ch- your children would like to bring to your family business
0: mm. and that the fact that you touch on entrepreneurs being a little hard-headed I completely understand that because I've I'm an entrepreneur myself how important do you think is having that ability to be entrepreneurial in thought process Um, how important is it for the next gen who is likely to take over a family business to have that and does it contribute to the growth of, of the business? Or do you feel that it, it the business will remain in good stead and carry on even without an entrepreneurial next gen in the family?
1: I don't know. I, I think you know the 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 entrepreneur. in in a family business has the ability to have a vision to to ensure that they're able to steer their their family business through through rough seas and to be Mm -hmm. able to see opportunities that other people don't see. And and that's what I think is vitally important for for a business but at the same time, it's important to have good corporate governance that there's also cross-questioning and asking, you know, is there the right um, checks and balances, and are, are, is there risk assessment of, you know, prior prior to embarking on a, on a particular venture? I I think that a um, a fa- family business to me is the ideal training ground for for the, the future generation in terms of entrepreneurial development. You know, I I I think the the opportunity that can be afforded to the children in, in a family business um, in, in terms of uh, teaching on entrepreneurship is, is one of them, is, is a fantastic place to learn. Mm-hmm. And it can be done in such a way that they can they can learn different facets of the business. Depending on the size of the business, they could be exposed to human resources, finance, marketing, strategy, production, it does, you know. Whereas if they go and work for a corporate, that they're unlikely to necessarily get the same level of exposure to many different aspects of what what an exposure a person can get in a family business. I I think a leader of a family business, it really does help if they do have an entrepreneurial outlook. I think that they should, in some way, should be able to steer that, and, and give some form of direction as to where that business is going from one generation to another, even if it's, put, if it's handed over to professional management. I mean, there could be a professional management and a CEO that's um, you know, heading up the business, it, it, but the business in itself still has to be able to follow the vision of what the families would like, where they would like to see their business going. Mm. Does it make sense to you?
0: Yes, it does, completely. And I'm just thinking, now that you talk about professional management, that transition from being a 100% family-owned, family-run business, because most family businesses start as 100% family-run family and family-owned, but as the business grows older in age or even um, in terms of size of the business, you get that dilution that comes in from outsiders who are joining the family through professional management and sometimes professional ownership where the company might be floated as well as the company might sell shares to help in the expansion of the growth of the company. What are your thoughts on how a family should manage or incorporate having professional management come into the family and um, how they should be, how they should try to enable the nurturing of that professional management, because there might come a time where the family is just owners and are no longer managing the company?
1: Yeah, well, you know, first of all, a family business, I mean, it has the potential of creating nepotism and enabling... Um, family members to be employed in the in a business because they because they are family I, to me it's it's vitally important that the business adopts an uh, an employment criteria which is of a professional employment criteria to begin with so anybody that fulfills a, a role within the organization should should be very capable for the particular role that they're fulfilling
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's that 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 to me is 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 very important the other aspect is, I mean, there, there may be family businesses that, may, that could adopt the approach that, you know, the family members don't necessarily earn what they're in, that they may be entitled to earn if they were to be working um, outside of the family business. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that to me is the right approach, as long as the, I don't think it is. I think if the, if the individuals that are, that are employed in the business, whether they're family or not, not, non family, should be re- earning market related remuneration so that so that 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 it, it it encourages the individuals that are working in those particular positions to be the best individuals you know best candidates for particular positions
0: mm.
1: the fact the family you know can could adopt the approach that they're going to where possible create enable family members to be employed in particular positions within the organization but it's vitally important that there, that there is enough objectivity to ensuring that they, they, they recruit, they have the right and the most capable people for that for the company. Because I think that it, it, it won't enable the business to be successful if, if, they, if they're employing mediocre um, individuals in any in any particular role. So whatever position the person is fulfilling, it's imperative that, let's say, for example, um, there's a husband, and well, it could be a man or a woman owns a business and decides that there's an accounting position that's available in their company. And one of the family members has studied to be a CA. It's vitally important that the position that they fill, it shouldn't, they shouldn't, they may say, well, my cousin, my nephew would be an ideal candidate for that position. But they should also ensure that that person is really uh, as, as 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 capable as anybody that they were going to recruit from outside in the market. So mm-hmm. if, you, if if you understand what I mean, and the more the business adopts that that approach of professional management, it it does it doesn't take away the family the family dynamic. It doesn't take away the familyness of a of a family business. It just enables the business to know that it it. it it is open to recruiting professional people for particular roles in a company. And that, what ins- I think ensures the success of a business going from one generation to another. Mm. A business, I think de- you know, this degradation if you start adding incompetent people into a business, that because that it's over a period of time, whether it be a co- company, a government, doesn't matter. You have to have competent people for those positions. Mm. And
0: I'm just thinking about what you're saying and um, thinking how important it is to hire competent people. But how hard or how easy is it to retain competent people in family businesses if, for example, in the top position is only reserved for family members?
1: Well, it, it, it might, it depends on the size of the business. So, you know, if, if the business, is not of, of, is not of a size that, in, that enables there to be, um, you know, promotion to, 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 to senior position within an organisation for a pro- professional individual um, or a non-family member. The importance is, I think, that first of all, that their, their, their remuneration within with whatever role they're fulfilling. In, mm-hmm. in our particular company, the, the approach that we adopted. Um, has been that anybody that that joins the organization, first of all, their their remuneration must be commensurate with what is a market-related remuneration or slightly above what a market-related remuneration is. Mm -hmm. And individuals that are fulfilling an extremely key role, there, there must be some form of incentivization that they've also got some form of wealth generation as well. It could be beyond just their... Their, their remuneration so that mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if a family member or family business is entrusting, it could have a business with multiple subsidiaries, and they decide that they're going to have a non family managing director heading up one of their subsidiary companies. Mm-hmm. It's important to, to incentivize that person that they, that they are as motivated to, to, to um, look after the interests of the family. If it's a smaller business, and you and their the positions are all limited to to family members. It is going to be more difficult. Possibly going to be more difficult to entice people into the into the family business. However, as long as people don't have the outlook that that you know this is a um, a group of entitled individ- whoever's in that business is. I, I won't be able to break in because it's a family-owned business, and it's 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 a very close network of of family members. And I would rather go and look for a, a, a position with another company. I think professional people working for family businesses can be extremely rewarding mm-hmm. for them as well. You know, they, 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 a family business has got a different sense of dynamic compared to a corporate, and people they, they treat. Family businesses, I think, t- tend to treat their employees almost like an extension of their, of their, of their family. And, and by the same token, the, the same would be applicable to non-family professional management. Mm.
0: And then when it comes to family governance and obviously communication within the family, from your experience, what is some of the best ways to handle conflict that overruns from the family into the business? And is there anything that you found in your experience that um, helps manage the conflict better when it's kept within the family and managed and what um, ended within the, the, the confines of the family without it having to spill into the business? <laughs>
1: in, our, in our business, we had a challenge with it, I must be honest. It mm-hmm. was not, um, you know... the, the we only now are moving into having a, a formal family council, but it's not beyond when, when my, my parents are not as actively involved in the business. In fact, I've taken over the ownership of the business. But a lot of the the um, we had the, we adopted an approach of having a professionally managed business, but a lot of the decisions that determined the strategy of where the business was was going was was discussed around the dining room table sometimes you know mm-hmm. so and that that in itself is i think it, it, it's, it's it's a shortcoming it's a it's a major problem if if there's not an ability to be able to have um a, a family council with with the correct governance structure where there's specific decisions that are a chairman of the family council giving direction to, to the board of directors as to where to as to the, as to the mandate that they have in, in terms of of, of of the business you know going forward those that, that conflict of where that where those conversations happen after hours and 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 having a conversation you know when you when you're uh, at home over the weekend and the par- parents and the brothers and everybody is talking and you're all the owners of the company mm-hmm. and you did and you're having a conversation I think that's that's not the ideal. I think it's not a it's not the forum for for having constructive um, conversations about you know the the, the 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 strategy and direction for for a business. It's I think it's really important to be able to delineate the, 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 those areas in a, in a family.
0: Okay. Well, we've run out of time for that de- today, and I'd like to just thank you so much for giving us insights into your experience and sharing your story with us. It's it's given us a lot to think about. Is there any parting words that you'd like to share with our listeners today with regards to taking care of their family business and um, ensuring that that legacy, that pass on factor stewardship is something that's put on top of mind as they're building their family businesses?
1: Yeah, I think my, my closing words would, would be is I, I mean I did read a statistic about in some countries where the, the it being an extremely low statistic of businesses going from I think mean, from first generation to second generation I think in Nigeria I think the, the statistic was two percent and it, I, I really have a great desire as do you to seeing that improving significantly but family businesses are definitely the backbone of the economies of countries, in fact, all over the world, in all, all, all economies. And it's, it's tragic when family businesses are not able to successfully transfer from one generation to another. There's actually a lot of loss of, of whether it be capital, the, the, the emotional turmoil that takes place when, 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 when businesses are not passed on successfully from one generation to another. The only thing that I would what I would encourage is that there needs to be a, a, a methodology or a communication whereby the different generations of family businesses articulate together what the, what what it is they would like to achieve. That it, it isn't just up to the patriarch or matriarch making the decisions carte blanche. It it, I may be speaking out of turn, but I but I I do believe that it's it. it it is would be so so much more beneficial if there was if there was a common voice and the, 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 the family as a whole were able to talk together and say, look, mom, dad, we, we really love the idea of one day taking over the business, um, and and let and let the parents also articulate to their their kids this is their desire that they have for for, for, for them, and then to set a a, a, a joint plan. And a joint—it's—it's it's like divining a strategy plan for your for a family, for a business. A strategy plan for a business—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's imperative to develop a strategy plan for the family, and to say what are you going to do, how are you going to do it, what is what are your objectives, and set set cl- clear objectives, and then over a period of time, ensuring that you that you achieve what you set out to do, that what you what you what you intend to do. It could be a ten-year plan or a five-year plan for the family. And over a period of time, that you that you as a family are going to get to that, that that end that end result. Succession planning is not just an event that just takes place. It's got to be something that says a person is aged whatever. One day they are going to get to a point of retirement. They've already got to start thinking about who's going to be my successor. I would like to have one of my my, my children as a successor. I don't know which which of my children it will be, but it does. I'm going to now start developing. My, my, my children over the next five years or seven years or 10 years, it doesn't matter, but at least they're thinking about it, hmm. not to just wait and just say, I'm going to ignore what, 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 it, what feels, it feels better not to have a conversation. That doesn't solve anything. Mm,
0: completely agreed. Well, thank you again, Trevor, for joining me today. And I really appreciate this discussion and how it just really went in deep into some of the issues that we leave by the wayside and hope that they'll sort themselves out
1: thanks it's been a pleasure talking to you and i wish to, wish you success i i look forward to engaging with you as well in family businesses in africa